You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. I'm going to assume you're in B2B marketing, and that's why you're here. So you know full well that the industry is changing from judging its performance by metrics like leads and clicks. It's also starting to realize that the obsession with attribution isn't giving us the visibility we hoped or thought. And that brings us to demand generation, where we try to create demand for our products and services by educating and informing our prospects so they know who we are when they need us. So how's that going? Everyone is is trying to make that transition. Who And in theory, it's pretty easy, right, to talk about, okay, we want to focus on revenue. We want to bring in ARR instead of, you know, bringing in leads. But to do that in practice is really, really hard. That's Adam Holmgren, head of demand gen at GetAccept. In this episode of B2B Nation, we're going to talk about the transition from lead generation to demand generation, what it means for you and your marketing, and most importantly, how to convince the others in your organization that this is the approach to take. Welcome to B2B Nation. Adam Holmgren, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. So my name is Adam and I work as a head of demand gen here at the get accept and for everyone that doesn't know uh, what we do and who we are we are basically a shared space for your business dialogues or for you to share content collaborate around contracts sign your contracts and all of those goodies um i'm also the host of my own podcast which is called the demand generation movement where i interview european marketers around these kind of topics so it's great to be be here as well all right, we're going to start off the statement that you made on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Here's what you said. The current state of demand gen in Europe is traditional lead gen confused as demand gen. And we were talking before we hit record, I said that probably extends beyond the, the borders of Europe as well. Um, but what did you mean by that? What do you see that makes you think that's the case? Yeah, and just a small correction. It was actually it was actually Chris Walker who made that statement on my podcast, and then I just stole it from him. But I, but oh. I think it's very true, <laughs> anyways. But I think it's very true. I think I think demandian is something that is it's very hot right now, and something everyone wants to work with. And I think everyone is is trying to make that transition. Who and in theory, it's pretty easy, right, to talk about. Okay, we want to focus on revenue. We want to bring in ARR instead of you know bringing in leads. But to do that in practice is really really hard. So I think there are a lot of companies out there, probably both in the US and in the EMEA region, who are basically running Legion traditional tactics. Um, but are trying to say that they are running Demandian. And I think that's a problem. Right. So for so for folks who haven't yet made this leap or are thinking about mm-hmm. making the leap, what in your mind, uh, what are some of the distinctions between lead gen and demand gen? Yeah. I mean, the traditional lead gen, when we talk about those kind of tactics, are usually, you know, the purpose and the goal is to bring leads into the sales team so they have a lot to work on. That is like the, the main purpose. And there are a number of ways to do that, but the more traditional, of course, are getting content, pushing that content out in social, pushing a lot of spend on Google ads and and things like that, where we don't really see any buying intent. We don't really provide any value unless you provide information. That is really the, 
you know, the lead gen play where we are trying to bring in as much volume as possible. And now the theory behind demand gen is more, okay, how can we maximize the revenue that is sourced from, from marketing? How can we talk with our audience in a way that, that educates them? And at a later point, somewhere down the road, they will, you know, book a demo with us. They will raise their hand and we will be, will be interested, but probably that is not right now. We are not trying to you know, force them into having a direct response with us. And I think that's the, the biggest difference between the two. One is trying to force someone down a funnel and the other one is trying to educate them and eventually kind of take themselves down the funnel. Um, that, is, that is definitely how I see the difference. Now, I'm going to just play devil's advocate here for a quick second. Lead gen, demand gen, what, what is often described as demand gen comes pretty close to brand awareness. So do you make a distinction between demand gen and brand awareness as well? No, exactly. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's very, very good because I don't. I think it's the same thing, really. Uh, and, and probably brand awareness is something that, you know, we needed to make it a bit more sexy. We named it demand gen. <laughs> that is probably what, what, what's happening here. The name change that launched a million LinkedIn posts. Exactly. We, we took brand awareness, we, we gave it a new name, and we focused on revenue. That is, I guess, what's happening here. And I, I would say when we, are, you know, when we are looking at the marketing we are doing now over at GetAccept, we are, I think, almost 30 marketers right now. We, we went from maybe 10, 15 in the beginning of last year to now 30. So we have, we have grown a lot. But for us, it's really, I would say around 50% or so of the, of the spend is, you know, brand awareness related spend that might not, you know, be attributed to, to anything specific. Uh, and that is also really key to have that trust from your management team and from your company as a whole to be able to, okay, this is what we believe in. We believe in this event. It might not, you know, lead to any ARR this month, but hopefully down the line. Um, and that is one key thing. Yeah, the, the expectations, right? At least with lead gen, you could at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter say, look, look at all these leads. <laughs> and then, well, a few months later, maybe they didn't look so good. But if, you're, if your KPI was get leads in the door, was MQLs, you were, you were in good shape. But now we, we rethink the whole thing with the demand gen strategy. So what's a relatively quick change that SaaS marketers could make that would deliver an impressive return relative to the effort as they navigate this world from lead gen to demand gen? I think the first change that, that we did and that I usually try to make at companies is to just look at the funnel that we have. In, in You have a CRM, obviously, probably Salesforce or HubSpot is what most people are, are having. So to take that funnel and then split it into two or three versions where we keep one funnel version with just the high intent leads. So we're keeping the, the book of demos, we're keeping the contact requests, and we're looking at that funnel, looking at the conversion rates through the entire funnel down to revenue. Then we're doing the same with maybe our more low intent buyers, who, and that can be free trials, that can be freemiums, that can be uh, everything else that you're having, looking at the same conversion rates down to revenue. And that is also where we will see this great distinction between so low, almost no conversion rates in one of the funnels, but super high conversion rates in the other. But usually 
what we also see is that most of our MQLs coming in is in the low intent bucket, not in the high intent bucket where we actually earn ARR. So that is probably the first thing I would do uh, at a company and then show that to management. Okay, this is the situation we have. Should we prioritize the left bucket or the right bucket? And usually the answer will always be ARR, right? That, that leads to demand gen. So that is, that is for sure a super simple step to visualize why you should focus on, on high intent buyers. You can't have this discussion without talking about MarTech, the technology stacks that everybody has built. You mentioned Salesforce or HubSpot as a CRM. There's obviously email tools that are involved. Yeah. How much does MarTech affect strategy in B2B marketing instead of the other way around? Yeah, I, I think it does a lot. You know, uh, and now we come into the discussion of attribution, which is also a big topic, right? We are, we are always trying to attribute every single ARR dollar into some kind of source, some kind of channel, some kind of campaign, which is super important for us marketers. We are getting, you know, we're trying to be as data-driven as possible. And for our sake, as an example, we are, we're using HubSpot for almost uh, everything in our sales process, in our marketing process, in our web, you know, HubSpot is really our holy grail, if you say. Um, but also in HubSpot, attribution is kind of broken, right? Most, most of the attributed revenue comes in through either paid search or maybe direct traffic, but most of these people have heard about us at some point earlier in the process. And that is really, if we would base those kind of decisions, we would just put everything in Google Ads. And if we would put everything in Google Ads, we would probably have a big issue down the line because no one would know about us and all of that. So, so I, I, yeah, I do think that's a problem, especially when there are more tech that focuses solely on attribution. I know there are a lot of attribution softwares out there, for example, which can be good if you also look at the more qualitative aspect of it, which is hard. There's, a, there's been a lot of change in B2B marketing, and I expect there will be more. And you, know, you tell your leadership to invest in MarTech tools. Here's what we're going to be able to do. And then everybody talks about going in a different direction. And suddenly the tools that you were telling them to invest in a few years ago aren't getting you what you need to get. And then you got to go back and ask for more. So you can understand why people end up in this situation where they're trying to create opportunities in Salesforce in a system that was meant for leads. And yeah. it, just, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there, there are always a few more techs that, that are really hot right now. So everyone wants to buy Gong or Chili Piper or whatever. And they are great tools, obviously, but it can also be, you know, buying it based on FOMO almost. Uh, okay, we, we, we need to be there. We need to be in it. And to be honest, I think, I think it's important to kind of secure your marketing strategy, build your machinery, if you say, before before you buy any, any expensive MarTech, because I don't think MarTech is the solution to anything really. Um, if, you, if you have a CRM, I think a CRM is a, a must have for sure. But, but yeah, other than that. Yeah, marketers always like shiny things. And there are exactly. so many shiny things, right? The, if, you, if you work for a MarTech, you're marketing to marketers and you know exactly which buttons to press. Yeah, exactly. It's just to tell us that we're going to get more revenue and, and show a customer case and then you have us. All right. Well, since we're talking about software and tools, the question we ask almost everyone on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool? What is the one you cannot work without? 
I've already said, you know, HubSpot is for sure the most valuable tool uh, I have. It's it's the holy grail for for looking at our numbers. Um, but other than that, you know, the most yeah, the funniest tool I have is for sure Slack. I think they have a it's an amazing you know it's an amazing product to really build build culture also for remote teams. And I know I, I interviewed uh, Bill Makaitis very recently, who is the who was the CMO of Slack. And he he talked about their most popular feature being Giphy, right? Being able to to send gifts to people. And I thought that was so funny. They're like one of the biggest companies in the world, and their popular most popular feature in B two B is Giphy. I think that's amazing. I'm not surprised though, having been on the receiving end of many Giphy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Adam Holmgren from GetAccept. Thanks for appearing on B2B Nation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Adam Holmgren of GetAccept for joining us on this episode of B2B Nation. If you like this episode and found it insightful or helpful, share it with a friend and subscribe to B2B Nation wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud among them. Thanks to the technology advice team of Amy Dunn and KJ Pace. Thanks also to Mnemonics in the Guild for composing our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation. 